you like, my Lord. I always think this is a great testimony for those that don't know Jesus. Hell gonna be a lot hotter than this. Texas weather can get a lot of folks saved. Amen. So I wanna appreciate y'all for being here today. Today, uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, praising at midnight. Praising at midnight. And so we're coming out of Psalms chapter 31, verse 1 through 8. Praising at midnight. Now when we talk about praising at midnight, it gives a connotation that uh, when we praise at midnight. That when you're at midnight, normally you're by yourself. If you're also praising at midnight, if you're praising at midnight, there's another connotation that comes along. You're in a tough situation. Uh, many of us who have been in those midnight hour experiences have experienced you by yourself or you with the wrong crowd and the wrong thing about to happen, something is not right, it's about to happen. So we have that situation. So here in Psalm 138, verse 1, that's what I want to key on. I will praise you with all, with my whole heart, before the God I will sing praises to you. And so we first come into our first point in which we have, I must, I have to praise God. When we look at the first verse, it says, I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing praises to you before the God. I will bow down before, before your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. We have to understand that this word that when he says love towards us is heaven. This is all-encompassing, all-encompassing love. This love that God has towards us is a love that is not conditioned upon who we are. It's not conditioned upon what we do. It's not conditioned upon who we know. It's not conditioned upon what job we have. It's not conditioned upon what we think. It is only, only dependent upon God. And God is the same God yesterday as in today and will be forevermore. So he has passionate us. He loves us. He has an unconditional love. This is what many in our marriages want. We want to get to a heaven state. Now, when we get in our relationship, you know, I always, I, I, as I told the church, you know, when the first reaction post-wedding uh, is, you know, a, a burp here. Might want to be out in there. You know, you know what? When we dated, I didn't see all that. So, so you start to develop, you know, I love that person. Because what we can get to, we have this expectation. If they don't, if they go out of this box, I don't want to be with them. So marriage is, a, is valued as an example for us. Marriage is a tool that you're going to see the good and the bad and the worst in a person. There's going to be some days they ain't going to be the most likable person. There's going to be some days you're not going to want to be around them. Now we flip it, he also used what? The parent to a child illustration. Always. There's some days, there's some days that some of us who got children, you like, you know what, if I could put you on that boat. Well, I can put you in that car because you got so tired. You done told them so many times. But here, God says, I love you unconditionally. I am reaching out to you unconditionally. I, I'm with you no matter what. That's why he used that parable of the prodigal son. You've been out there in the world. You've been in the whole thing in the world. But look what I am. I am 
Hebrew term meaning love, that all-encompassing, all-all-encompassing love. So there's another part in this, these verses that we have. So I have to praise the Lord, but we have to focus. When we get to that, uh, go to that next part of your scripture, when it states, I will bow down towards your holy temple. But David is talking about, I'm going to focus. Now, for the, for the Israelites, they were focused east many times because that's where Reuben was, where they were located. So especially those Babylonians. Many today will focus and pray towards Jerusalem. We know our, uh, our Muslim friends pray towards Mecca. We know our Jewish friends will pray towards Jerusalem. But here I want to use an illustration. He had a focus on God. I'm going to focus on you. When you bow down, you can't move and be distracted by everything else. When you are on your knees, you are now in a state of, just, you got to stay there. So you are bowed down. We have to focus on God. Many times, we forget to praise the Lord because we have been distracted by everything else. I'm distracted because the bill collector called. I'm distracted because my wife ain't doing what she's supposed to do. I'm distracted because my kids ain't supposed to do what they're supposed to do. I'm distracted because on Monday morning, I got this big project coming up. So I'm distracted. I have not had a true Sabbath in maybe years. A true Sabbath. When you have rested and just reflected on God. I've been distracted. And it's so easy to be distracted. But God is asking us, I want you to focus. Many times when I'm talking to my little girl, and, and the TV happens to be on, and I'm trying to get her dressed, I'm saying, focus. Why am I saying that? Because if you keep looking at TV, I can't get you dressed. If you keep focusing on everything else, now let's backtrack for us. If I keep getting focused on everything else, being really distracted on everything else, it's going to be a lot harder for the Lord to work on me. But if I don't focus on God, He is working on me. Just like my little girl, if, I, if she is focused on me, trying to get her dressed, I'm going to get her dressed a lot easier and quicker. But if she's distracted by everything else, we're going to have what? A slow time. We're going to have some, some what, friction. Because I'm going to be like, look here. I don't care what Dora doing today. We got to focus. Meantime, we have got so unfocused on so many different things. We have forgot to praise the Lord for what he is doing, for what he has done, and what he will do. We have to focus on God. Okay, so now we have to praise God. We have to focus. But then we have another step. Now, it says, when we get to that bottom of verse 3, you made me bold with strength in my soul. You made me bold. So many times God refers to, he's talking to us and he's stating over and over again, I will give you strength. I will do this. You can do all things through me. God is telling us in a very plain way, you ain't got it. That's a hard thing to say. You tell some man he ain't got it. You tell somebody who thinks they can really cook. But I told Chanel today, you ain't got it. Your skin is like that. Your skin is not that. My skill, Christian, ain't that. My skill, lowering and all that, ain't that. And the ain't is ain't. Ain't that. God so many times is telling us, you know what it is? I am making you the best vocalist. I am making you the best piano player. I am making you the best preacher. When we focus on what God is doing in us, 
We're not expecting anyone to pick up. But we have to have the expectation that God is on his throne and God is in his, he is moving in his will towards us. If there's anybody you want to call in the midnight hour, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in that midnight hour, when you want to call mama, when you want to call daddy, the one person you can know will, will pick up their phone is Jesus Christ. Now, many times, we don't want to hear the answer he got to give us. Sometimes we, somewhere we should not be. We with somebody we should not be. And God saying, you call me, I'm telling you, you better leave a body there. And you say, no, Lord, can I just stay to the morning? Can I be like Shirley Murdoch and just, can I stay to the morning? God said, no, you should have been gone already. But I'm telling you, it's time for us to leave. And I say us. God is with us in the midst of our mess. So he said, it's time for us to leave. You've been ignoring me the whole time, but now since you're in this mess, you're calling on me. God is saying it's time to leave. That's what God is saying to us. I have my thoughts with you. I know every little hair on your head, my thoughts are on you. How great is our God? Our God is not in my box. Because in my box, God gives me this, he gives me that. God said I can do far exceedingly more than what you think I can do. I created this world. I can't just transform my neighborhood. I can transform the world. I can't just transform my state. I can transform the world. I'll split the Red Sea and head. These Israelites, these nomads, these slaves walk on dry land. I took these folks that came out of Africa and I freed them. Don't think the government freed them. I freed them. So what can I not do? Mary even said that what is impossible for God to do? What is impossible? Nothing. So we have to understand that God, who is so exalted, thinks of us. Have you thought about that lately, how God thinks of you? God is thinking about you. Not, not us. Not the world. You. At the same time, think about Chanel, think about Beverly. At the same time, think about Beverly, think about me. Now, I told my wife, I don't know about to have more children. Because I don't know, I'm, I'm struggling with the two. Had the third, I might really struggle. Because I, I, they're all different. MJ is nowhere near the same as Eden. And if I had another one, Marcus, whomever, <laughs> or Marcia, that third child will be different than the other two. So what am I saying? God said, I got more than three children. I got more than three people I worry about. I'm worrying about every individual. That means the six billion people he's worrying about. You know what I'm saying? Me as a father, I struggle at times when I'm trying to handle one child. I might have another child wandering off trying to do some things and get in the toilet and, and drink the water. And, and so I'm distracted. But God said, as I've been taking care of Charnel over here, I still got my eye on Shannon over there. And not just my eye, I still got my hand on Shannon over here. All I can do is have my ear. Uh, uh, Jay, you get quiet back there. What you doing? While God is saying, as I was with Charnel here, I'm over here with Shannon. I have my hand on Shannon. My very presence is with Shannon as it is with Charnel. See, we have a great God that thinks lowly of us. That, that, that thinks of us lowly people. That's the, the one thing we got to come to a point we got to check ourselves. I'm not Donald Trump, and the truth is Donald Trump ain't Donald Trump. Obama ain't really Obama. He's just some brother that got elected. I know we hate to say that, but I'm just some brother up here talking. And then you just some folks up here listening. 
but it's God who's enabling me to go minister to y'all. It's God who's enabling Chanel to minister in the word and, and, and the song. It's God enabling y'all to listen. It's God enabling Barack Obama to be the president. It's not we. And when we finally check ourselves that I'm just that instrument that God, this great God, is thinking of me and say, I want you to serve a divine purpose for his kingdom. Wow. Then you got a church on the move. Then you got a person of God on the move. Then you got a city on the move. Then you got a country on the move. If you had everybody on that one accord thinking, how lowly am I that this great God wants me to do this divine purpose, and he's not asking me, well, can you come up with all these resources? God said, I've given you the resources. I've given you the ability. I've given you the opportunity. I'm doing all this, so now let's move. All you got to do is just walk. And even when you walk, I'm still carrying you. So all you got to do is just have your mindset on me. Have your focus set on me. You don't have to do that, that much. When you got some folk coming to your house, what you got to do? You got to clean your house. You got to cook. You got to make sure you got drinks there. You got to have... God said, when you come to my house, you ain't got to worry about all that. Because I got all that taken care of. All I want you to do is have your heart and mindset on me. That's all God wants. And so... For God, for though the Lord is exalted, yet he regards the lowly. He regards the lowly. As we move in, David, when he was going to be anointed king of Israel, Jesse had came, I'm sorry, Samuel had came down to Bethlehem to talk to Jesse, to have a worship service, maybe even like our own. Came down to have worship. And he was going to anoint someone to be the second king. Saul had got beside himself. Saul himself was picked as king, not because they prayed about it, not because they fasted about it. They first wanted king because everybody else had a king. And they thought Saul would be a good king because he's tall. Some of us have gotten some relationships because he's tall. Some of us got some relationships because he got jobs. Some of us have chosen our spouse, but she look good. She curvy. She thick. We like that. Well, I want you to understand God got a different motivation. And I'm not saying that's evil or sinful. I'm saying sometimes that's the whole thing we put in there. So Saul had got beside himself. He had stopped worshiping the Lord, and the Lord said, we need to have another king. That this king that was picked just because of his looks, I told y'all it wasn't going to work out. Now I'm going to go pick my own king. So, so Samuel goes all the way down to Bethlehem, sees Jesse, and they have a worship service. And he said, Jesse, bring your sons forth, your seven sons. He sees all his sons, all his sons, tall, strong. You know, these are some brothers that could play for the Cowboys and help them win a, a basketball, a football game. This is somebody, some of these fellas that came in could knock Tony Romo out. These are some brothers that, if they were playing for the Mavericks, we would have won a couple championships by now. There were some brothers that if these, these brothers came in today, the ladies would turn their head, oh, my Lord, praise the Lord, praise them. Those, these are the kind of brothers that came in. And God kept saying, nope. That's not it. Samuel said to Jesse, do you have one more son? And this is what Jesse said in 1 Samuel 16, 7. And let me back up just a little bit. Samuel said, are these all the sons you have? And Jesse replied, well, there is my youngest, but. Now understand, he said, yeah, I got another one, but. <laughs> I mean, come on. My shepherd boy, my little boy who I didn't even include in the worship service, him? Yeah, call him in. That's the one who's so short, but he had a heart for the Lord. That's the one that 
may not have all the credentials. He may be the youngest, but that's the one. The one that said that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah, that's the one I want. This is the one I want. But he's the youngest. Even when he goes to fight Goliath, he tried to put on Saul's armor. He was too small to put on Saul's armor. He was not the one that you would pick out in the lineup to be the next king or the next president or the next leader. He was not the brother who was walking in here who y'all would turn the head on. Y'all say, oh, this is a little boy. He should go to children's church. That's who y'all would say. That's who God picked. And God said, now watch me show out in his life. Watch me when Saul is on his back. Watch me protect him. Watch me cut the garment of Saul's garment and say, mm, I had you. But I didn't take it because I got respect for the Lord. Watch me show out in this boy when he, when all the army is afraid of this Goliath, of this giant. I'm going to use this boy with a slingshot and some smooth stones to knock out a giant. Watch me show out and watch me show out in his life that through his line, my son will come through. Watch out. God is saying, if you looked at your life, Many of y'all, y'all weren't picked first. We were playing dodgeball. Y'all wouldn't be the first one picked. You're a little slow on the aim. A little slow to the side. A little slow to the side. Y'all might not get picked. And if y'all did get picked, y'all the first one they throwing the ball at. Because like, well, at least I can get you out. But God said, I'm picking you, last person on dodgeball team. I'm picking you, last one on touch football. I'm picking you, the last one everybody think about. I'm picking you. Because I have a divine purpose for you. I'm picking you. And so, David, David was picked. He was anointed. So, it says, in the happy, happy moments, praise God. In the difficult moments, seek God. In the moments, in the quiet moments, trust God. In every moment, thank God. When we go into our last point, I'm going to praise God in front of the gods. Now, what do gods mean where I'm going to praise God in front of the gods? There's a little G and a big G. Little G means it ain't nothing. It ain't nobody. Big G, that's a real God, a real father, a real Abba that's in love with you. These little Gs that we all got them around. We got them around. You know, American Idol is what it is, right? American Idol, we all, at some, when Fantasia won that year, I remember voting 10 times. I had a test to study for, but I wanted Fantasia to win. Lord, let Fantasia win. I had made her a idol. Many of us have idols, don't we? Some of us got our bank account as an idol. You don't want our bank account to get too little soft, then we get scared. Some of us have an idol in our families. Some of us, if our mama and daddy say something, then we got to react to that. We got to do this and that. We have made them our idol. We have made sometimes our children, sometimes our job, sometimes other relationships. Sometimes we can make ourselves our own idol. How am I feeling today? I'm feeling good? Okay, I feel good. Then we can move forward. How am I doing? We can make so many things an idol. And, and, and this is what David was trying to tell us. I'm going to praise God, but I'm not just going to praise God at my house. I'm not just going to praise God in my car. I'm going to praise God when everybody can see it. And now when I praise God, you're going to understand something. That, that when I'm going through my midnight hour and the sun come back up, I'm going to praise God and let everyone know.
know what I've been through. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Pastor been running on empty a little bit. He been running on E a little bit. And I had to get, get back to my word. I had to get in my Sabbath time. I had to start resting a little bit. All these jobs, and I'm, I'm running like I, I'm up in the Caribbean somewhere. Like, I got many jobs. I need to rest. But I wasn't resting. And I had to sit back. Because this was the, the, the thing I was really pointing this out. And this wasn't even how I was feeling. This, this sermon was, was plotted a long time ago, but I needed it right here. Because this is the thing. I have to praise God. Because God has renewed me. God has saved me. God saved me in spite of me. I'm doing so many other things to destroy me. God is saying, I'm steadily trying to help you. I'm steadily trying to make way for you. When you're worried about this, well, uh, is this going to work at the church? Is this going to work at the job? Or are they going to say this and that? God is saying, don't worry about what other people have to say. Don't worry about what, what they say about you today. Don't worry about what they could write on the Facebook about you. Don't worry about what they write on Twitter about you. Don't worry about what they text. Don't worry about what phone calls are going on. Don't worry about whatever X you have. Don't worry about all your finances. All I want you to do is be focused on me because all the worries you have, I'm going to take care of it. Now understand, I'm not telling you you're going to come out here and be a Texas millionaire. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to hit the, the Powerball. And, I, and as I understand it, ain't nobody in Texas hit the Powerball. So ain't no member in this church hit the Powerball unless y'all bought y'all some tickets in another state. So don't worry about all that. Some of us have spent $100 trying to get a Powerball win. And now we got $100 short. God's saying there is no quick fixes to your pain. There's no quick fixes to your problems. Even nighttime, the nighttime comes, the morning just don't come up the next moment. It's going to be a process that you're going to go through. Anytime somebody tell you, we can get this done quickly, you better watch out because some things about to come downhill that ain't going to be right. They're going to cut some corners. God did not cut a corner in your life. He's molding, he's pruning, he's mending you. He's trying to make that broken spirit into a whole spirit. God is trying to touch your heart and that's all God wants from you. He don't want your money. He don't want all that other stuff. He said, give me your heart. Because with your heart come all your mess. And give me your mess. Because I'm your trash collector. Give me your mess. Because I'm going to take it in. Give me everything that you are. And I will work it. That's what God does. And so we see here that we have been at times serving other gods. God is telling us. As he told David back then when they were up in the worshiping wood and they were worshiping the gold and they were worshiping the silver. He's telling us today, don't worship your job because as soon as you got it today, as soon as tomorrow, it could be gone. Don't worship even your husband or your wife or your children or this church. I want you to worship me almighty because out of that will flow your blessings. If you seek after the kingdom of the Lord, God said, I will bless you. Now, your blessing may not be that you got $100 or $1,000 or a $1 million. Your blessing simply may you got peace of all the mess you've been through. Some of us who have been in here in this church have been molested, have been abused, may have been raped. God is saying, I can give you peace and I can start the mending process of everything that you've been through. That's the type of God that I am. Money is not going to solve your issue. Money is not going to solve your issue. Let me say one more time, because many of us got that love for money and money is not going to solve your issue. The world wants to prey upon their insecurity about can I pay a bill and God says I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider.
provider. Some of us are worried. Can I put food on the table? God once again says, I'm Jehovah Jireh, your provider. It may not come the way you want it, but it will come in a way it should be because this is a God who thinks of you. He thinks of you before time began. He thinks of you so much, he gave his only begotten son to you. And you know it was a preacher, and my conclusion is a preacher went on vacation. Went on vacation. He, you know, he was saved up his little money went to the Caribbean. And uh, while he was out there at the beach, there was a man that said, uh, hey, 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 I got a I got something for you. I got that good stuff. Preacher said, you got that good stuff? Yeah, I got that good stuff. I got that cocaine. Preacher said, brother, I don't know what, he was in shock. How, how dare you? I'm a preacher. You better get back. Preacher gone back to his room. The preacher started contemplating. Would the Lord allow me a, a chance to go witness to him? If I see that man or see somebody else, because in this Caribbean nation, I, I guess it was a lot of cocaine dealers. Because there was a lot of us coming in. Amen? A lot of us Americans coming in. So the preacher goes back out to the beach. There's another drug dealer who comes. He said, hey, 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 I got that good stuff. He said, is that right? He said, what you got? He said, uh, I got that cocaine. The preacher said, I got, I got some good stuff too. So you do? He said, I got that pure good stuff. Pure? Yes, pure. Unadulterated. Right. Just right from the tree. You got that good stuff? I got that good stuff. It's illegal in some countries. Some countries you could die for this stuff. Who could die for this? It's some good stuff. What? It's some good stuff. But you know, in this country, it's not illegal. Okay, good. It's some stuff that will transform your mind transform your heart, will transform your life. It's that good stuff. It's that good stuff. Well, what's the name of this good stuff? It's called Jesus Christ. That good stuff, that good stuff I took in, his blood redeemed me, that good stuff that I don't have to go and try to search for another high on, that good stuff that I don't have to go around to the corner, I can come right here and say, Lord, save me. That good stuff that took that mess that I was in and turned me into a miracle because if you looked over my life, you would not think I would be where I am today. I was the last place, but God said I take the lowly and make them high for my glory. I got that good stuff. He said, you got that good stuff. He said, I got that stuff that'll change you from a cocaine dealer that'll change you into a preacher. He said, you say what? I say what, brother? And I'm telling you today, you want that real good stuff? You don't have to go to the club anymore. You don't have to go into on the internet anymore and look at whatever website. You don't have to go into whatever drug place. You don't have to go to whatever haunts that we have. We all got our addictions, illegal or illegal. We all got our things that we rest on. And God is saying today, I want you to praise me in a midnight hour because I want to be your rock. I am that good stuff. I am that good news. I am who they say I am. I am what Moses said. You know what? My God is going to save us. I am that one. Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I am who David says, I will not serve anybody else. You better get back. I am that one. I am that Jesus who Peter even said, Lord, Lord, I love you. I am that Jesus. I am that same Jesus that was in the burnt fire of, uh, of the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they said, who is that? I am that 
move. So when you're looking, I'm not good stuff. That eternal good stuff. So many of us are chasing after temporary highs. And God said, I want to take you on an eternal journey. Can somebody praise God tonight? Can somebody praise God this afternoon? Can somebody praise God this week? I want y'all to just go back. I just want y'all to go back. This is just the, the fill up for this week, but I want y'all to keep filling up on this. Keep reading verse 1 through 8. Keep reading it. And it said, I have to praise because you know what? I know what I was. Anybody know what you were? Anybody know what you are? And what God is doing in your life today, God is saying, let me keep working. Let me keep doing what I do. And watch me. Watch me take that spine wrinkle out. Watch me take care of the mess that you're in. Watch me just control the desires that you think you can. And watch me give you the escape of your slavery. Watch me. Because I'm that type of God. Amen? I want to tell you today, the doors of the church are open. If there's anybody here, that's looking for a church home. 